Welcome back to the show. There's no telling where we'll go. So come and share a laugh on the Imp and Skiz podcast. All right, Scar, welcome back. Episode 40 of the Imp and Skiz podcast. Thanks for sticking around and uh, we'll, we'll keep you busy for another hour or so. <laughs> I had a blast on the first go around. I'm ready for some more. Awesome. Absolutely loved it. Awesome. You are a trooper. Thank you so much uh, again for joining us. And uh, we're going to jump right in because, like I said, we had uh, a bunch of questions submitted to us. And, uh, you know, they, they, they want to know. They want to know your answers to these. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, ask the first question was from White Chicken. When Scar was a kid, what did he want to do as a dream job? <laughs> Stroking the I don't know. I, I, I'm just looking around my room. I I, I couldn't imagine. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't imagine what all this is or my theme park base. I um. So when when I was a kid, obviously every kid wants to be an astronaut. Basically, and I do love space. You know, looking up. But I always wanted to work at Disneyland. I wanted to drive the trains. I wanted to be the conductor, all aboard. I wanted to be on the <laughs> the the monorail, honking the horn. And that was me at like four or five, right? But I also love like how these things were created. And so in, or actually when I was nine years old, we went to Florida to see my cousin be born. And my uncle told me that the people actually who create all of this are Imagineers. And I'm like, that's wow. it. That's it. That's, 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 that's it. And so on the way home, I had a bunch of the park maps from the park. I started, you know, like, taking a Sharpie and like adding new lands to the park. I started drawing <laughs> out things. I remember there was a, like, it was not Mickey's Toontown, but it was Mickey's town fair. So it was like a fair themed and they didn't have a jolly trolley there. Like they do at Disneyland. And I'm like, okay, well we need like a farm wagon that has like tires that deflate when, when it stops and people get on and there's little animatronic chickens in the back. And then I'm like, Oh, we need an Aladdin ride. Like I love Aladdin. Yeah. Right. So take the the EMV you know vehicle that Indiana Jones uses at Disneyland, put a magic carpet on top of it, and you know these are all the things that were going on in my head huh. as we were flying back from Florida to back to the West Coast. And since then, I you know I would try to I would scour for any little morsel of information on these mysterious Imagineers because back in those days it was kind of secret in a way. Yeah. There was very few books, there were very few interviews. Unlike today, it's like Disney just pumps out content around that. But eventually more books were releasing and I would, I would learn every detail about theme park design and the engineering aspects of the park, the design elements of the park, the operations of parks. Like that was my sole focus was to be an Imagineer. I wanted to be the Tony Baxter, who's my favorite Imagineer. Um, and that, that, was, that was my goal. Like I'd learn about John Hench, Herbert Ryman, all of these guys, Bob Gurr, who made the Main Street vehicles and all of that. And eventually my aunt, uh, who sadly passed away this year, but like she, she like could just see this, like the essence of, of, of like a person. And then whenever she would like get a gift for somebody, she would find that essence. And one, like one Christmas, she like puts this present in front of me and it was like an envelope and I open it and it was a theme park engineering course. Whoa. And it was like, where did you find this? Like, hmm. And finally, I, I, you know, I, I got my schedule and I went to this class. I basically took a lot of the ideas that I had, right? And as you learn, you know, from this guy who was an Imagineer at one time and then went off and made his own company who does all like the ride control 
and computer systems that make the doors open automatically, that make the animatronics move and the sounds to turn on, the lights to turn off and on and all of that. And he just, you know, for fun, he likes educating. So he created this. He's also an author. He's just an amazing guy. And, you know, he had this whole course from everything, from design, operations to engineering. And then in that process, you designed your own uh, theme park attraction. You, you designed your own, like, entire theme park. Wow. And at the end of it, he's like, I've never done this before, but when you're 18, I want you to contact my wife, who's still an Imagineer, and I want you to get, a, like, an apprenticeship. And it was like, <laughs> I was like, this wow. is... This is amazing. And then, you know, at that time, like I, like everything went into learning art and all of that stuff to be an Imagineer. And then, you know, one day I woke up and I wasn't the same. Like I had like this like crushing headache. And that's when I first got sick. Like it all started with like a headache and extreme fatigue. And then it just like snowballed from there. But during that time, like I always like held on to that dream of being an Imagineer. Like, I'm going to get through this next test. I'm going to get through this next surgery, this next hospitalization. I'm going to get through this because I have this dream. And eventually, like, that dream just felt further and further and further apart. And it kind of, like, crushed me in a way. And I had even just started a little bit of YouTube at that time. And then I probably went, like, maybe six months of being really kind of, not really depressed, but, you know, really down. Like, Mm -hmm. this probably is not going to be a reality because... I did, you know, like I saw like kind of what my doctor wrote it, wrote because it was always chasing the cure for me for so long. And I wrote like, I read what she wrote and it was basically like, this is basically what I'm going to be forever. And then this dream is probably not going to happen. And then finally it was like an epiphany and like really like dark time that I am kind of an Imagineer. Mm-hmm. I, I do all the things that I want to do. I I'm able to make these fun things for people to enjoy and that's exactly what I loved about Imagineering. They make these incredible rides that families can come and enjoy themselves. And that's what I always loved going to Disneyland with my family because, like, we lived in California. We didn't go on any big vacations, but we went to Disneyland, like, once a year or so. And, like, going there with my family was amazing. Like, we got to go there, like, one time, you know, like a year or every two years or so. And I wanted to create those memories for people through Imagineering, through making the rides. But for through the videos, I finally realized, like, I'm also my own boss. Like, <laughs> I make the rides that I want. I don't get stuck to yeah. intellectual property and, and this <laughs> stuff. Like, I make what I want to do. I make things that hopefully make people laugh or smile or get inspired. And I was like, that's when I kind of like broke out of that kind of like, like, I don't think this is going to happen type of mentality to I kind of created that subconsciously through YouTube and through Minecraft and making these environments in the game. Because basically, that's what I love doing is like creating these environments, world building and so yeah, that's a very long-winded response. No, it's a great response I though. To. That was fascinating, and and I think you nailed it. Is that the the spirit of the Imagineer job is exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing now? You're, you're yeah. The, the world is, is your canvas. You are imagine something's coming from your mind, which is working perfectly, and you're making it into a reality. And and that's that's it's a like uh, through the game, and I think that's just uh, it's just from creation yeah. to to fruition is uh, you know just from ide- actually from ideation to fruition mm-hmm. is such a fun journey, and and you know there's just just to say it there's just there's just a lot of people that uh, they just they have a lot of ideas, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there's no there's no real the the rubber never hits the road. There's no traction there, and that's that's not in your wheelhouse to not make a reality. Look what you did with the charity event, right? You have an idea and you drive it through the things that you're doing on, on, on Minecraft. You have an idea, you see it through. 
It would be like, uh, this is my own personal selfish reasons, but I would like it if an actual Imagineer is not completely off the table for you. Cause I just think it's yeah. obviously it's something you're, like I said, your mind works perfectly. And the job itself, half the word is half of the, the uh, word is the word imagine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's actually, it's, it's about yeah. how well is your mind doing and your mind works perfectly. So I hope it's not completely off the table. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, had uh, it, it, Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I, I rambled for like 10 minutes. <laughs> no, you're good. We, one of our um, submissions on one of the questions was from Opal Whisker, who actually, like, you just covered pretty much what they wanted to hear. They, they said mm-hmm. um, you wanted, they wanted to hear you talk more about the, the various things of your creative process. You're very intentional about baking story mm-hmm. life into your builds, and uh, they, they love that about your, your content. And so they just wanted to hear you. How has that come about? How is your decision-making process when you're designing the builds and then bringing in characters into the builds? And how do you come up with those ideas? And, and so you started touching on that a, a bit. And so I was like, oh, this is great because that's exactly what Opal yeah. wanted. But uh, yeah, I mean, Ooh, just, I've, just I've got a lot there. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question, Mr. Whiskers. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, that's a really good point because in in my in my my builds and stuff like that, I do like to tell a story of progression, right? Like mm-hmm. there, there's some kind of progression, there's some reason for it to be, and I, I do have to give a huge credit to Grian for for a very simple thing that he sent to me that or said to me that just like went, was like an epiphany that went off in my head, and he was giving me like very good advice on what I was doing right and wrong back in season six. And he said that you, you have this beautiful pirate island, you got the volcano, you got all that, but you're missing the most simple ingredient. And I'm like, what is that? It's like, you're not living the pirate life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and then ever since then, like with my character, I'm, I've instilled that extra ingredient in it that if I were to look back at the pirate island, I would say, oh, like I didn't have a skin and mm-hmm. I wasn't interacting with people and bringing them into some kind of like a pirate world. Mm-hmm. So like with the theme park, obviously I'm, I'm my own self. Like I don't see myself as like a role play where I'm, I'm always, all, like some completely other person. I'm just now Scar, but an Imagineer. Like it's like a job title. Like I'm still mm-hmm. myself, but I have a job title. Same with the mayor. I'm still Scar, but now I'm just kind of the mayor of the town right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of living out those experiences in that way. Like it's it's a weird line, right, of being like role play where you're something completely different and you're like at a high school and you're like, you know, I want to hang out in the back. <laughs> like, you know, like that, that, that style is different than say I'm, I'm like a mayor. So I just need to build like a, a town hall and give people tasks as a mayor. Like it's, it's, a, it's an interesting line of like, of that. I, it's an interesting point, but um, when it comes to builds, like I, I like to think of, of an idea on how like, I can bring that to life. So you, you you want to build a character around it. You want to build like some ways of interacting with people through it. And then building the the build as like a progression to see see it as something other than just a, a hollow structure is important too. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. yeah. if you build like a, a hollow structure, then like what's what what is the point of it? It has to the structure has to facilitate further like story and and progression is, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that's so instinctive in your head that it's hard to pull it apart into like a coherent way of explaining, you know, when it's so mm-hmm. easy to do, it's like explain, it's like when Illumina tried to explain like some kind of parkour and he's like, um, I realized that when that's the same way that when mm-hmm. people ask me how to terraform, I'm like, Oh, 
you know, <laughs> you, put the, you put the blocks here. Yeah. It's the same thing. He's like, he's trying to think like, um, yeah, you jump and yeah, yeah. You, you know, do, it, you, it sometimes you can't can explain so the exact like, like neurons that fire to to make it work, right? Well, but, it's more like when you're just nat when you're naturally really good at something. The the better you are at something naturally, the harder it is to explain, mm. right? It, it it'd be like it ends when it becomes second nature. I mean, can you imagine trying to explain like like I so one of my strengths is public speaking for some reason, and and it's great, and I'm and I'm happy. And whenever I do a speech, I, whether it's work or whatever. The people who approach me afterwards are like, how are you, like, what is it, where do you find the confidence to go up there and just be so comfortable in your own skin? And how do you make everything string together so nicely? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, I want to help. I want to say, I, but I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know mm -hmm. how to articulate what it is. I appreciate yeah, feedback. Tough. I just got nothing. Yeah, it's tough. I but love you, that. It's such, everybody has that extra thing. Like you said, public speaking. And, and there's certain things, like I said, like in Minecraft, I'm like, do I explain? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are right, though. Uh, you do a very good job of not crossing that line into uh, what most viewers would feel is get a little cringy of like being a character that is not you. Right. Like like that's one lesson I learned in in uh, season eight was I was like this Willy Wonka character. Right. But I, I wasn't good at the actual role play piece. So anytime I would try to, quote unquote, act, it came across pretty cringe where you kind of just bake in a vibe into a character or an idea and you give it a little bit of that lore, that backstory, but you never stop being you. And so then yeah. it's much more comfortable to the viewer, I think. And and I, I have to give that that also to Green also taught me that in season six. Like you, 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 you can wear the jacket, but inside you still have to be yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's how the viewers still relate to you, but with this extra like flower in your pocket. <laughs> If that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's just a little, there's like this extra little uh, role or, or job that you're doing, you know, in the world, but you're still yourself and people can envision that in the, their own way. Like they're, they're doing something in, in, in their own world, but they're still themselves. And yeah. I think that's like a super important, like line to go that you don't trend either way, <laughs> like trend into like cringe land, which can be very easy at times. So <laughs> We're not actors. You put we it perfectly. Just... You said bake in a vibe. And mm -hmm. I guess that really is the difference mm -hmm. between what it is that, you know, we do in this in this Minecraft world. Uh, that's the difference between that and like like actors, mm -hmm. right? Like true, like act like their their role is to become the person that's on the script. And that's why somebody like, you know, Tom Hanks blows me away how he can play such a funny character, such a genuine character, such an evil character like it's. You know that like they're actually becoming somebody else, but in this world here, you're kind of baking in a, a vibe. You're just baking yeah. it in, and it's never really that far off of who you actually are. Although I kind of want to push it a little bit more. If there's ever another <laughs> life series, I think I might become evil. Yeah, speaking of speaking of <laughs> life series, I mean, evil. Do you do you bring? I mean, I know you do. I'm gonna just ask this for the viewers' sake, but do, do you bring character to your life series character? Did you bring any of that role playing? to a life like when a life series is starting up do you think to yourself i kind of want to be like this type of a personality or or direction right like i remember you kind of being that crazy like person that came by and tried to sell odd items so to people funny. that didn't want them right remember <laughs> stuff like that like like are these things you think of pre-seasons uh, about how what kind of character building you want to do for your your life series so before the original life series, I was playing Anno like 18, whatever. And that's mm -hmm. what inspired the swagon. Okay. And that whole like trading idea. And I thought, <laughs> whatever I do in this next life series, I want to experiment with role or not, ro not role, I got role play on my mind. I want to experience improv. 
And I felt like that was a lacking component in my repertoire of things was improv. So my number one thing going into that series was improv. I even had this whole base design that never happened because <laughs> we can get to this about a certain way a certain mindset that I've learned quickly in that series that you have to go in with. But what I did go in with was I want to do something that's improv and that's like a selling role like selling people things or something, because that is what I want to do in a future season of Hermitcraft with the Swaggin. Hmm. And so when I went into it, um, like I had this whole base idea that never worked out. <laughs> but going into it, I I just had to take that little spark of like, I want to sell something, but I'm just going to see where it leads. And with that, I, I just let myself be very open quickly. It was when Green and I did like, we took down the forest. We thought we had this monopoly on oak. And then they surprised us with oak, you know, saplings, right? So we took down the forest. We thought we <laughs> nobody could get dark oak and we had it all. And then obviously, you know, Scott and them <laughs> came in with them. And we're like, oh, one thing that we, we both realized at that minute was we can't plan going into the last or the life series. Mm -hmm. Anything that you want to do, you, you just have to know that that's going to get squashed. And you have to move on to the next step of that. <laughs> yeah, we and have so, a few examples of that too. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah so gotta... with that, like it just rolled, right? I was like, okay, how about we? And I was so free. Like I just wanted to try anything and everything. I was like, people get reputation points. So if you're if you're good to Green and I, who are living in the in the desert, and then if you traded with us, we're on our side. I'd give you higher reputation points. And there was a board of like, you know, if this person had twenty five percent, or this person was a hundred, or this person was zero etho. Um, <laughs> and then anyway. I just wanted to like bug people, right? All of a sudden, I'm like, "What could I do to get your pants?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so much fun. And going into the next season, I also I, I thought about this as I was in the season because I realized like maybe I'll, I'll 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 kind of like be some kind of wizard. And what if I take the crystals? So in in Hermitcraft season seven, I was a wizard for a while. And I lived in a snail. And oh, yeah. my whole idea was that I was going to make up these fake crystals and peddle them to the hermits. Mm -hmm. But at that time, my improv was bad. And I was still, I don't know, maybe not as comfortable as I am now just interacting with people. Um, that's something that, that all the way from season four to even to season seven was just a huge struggle for me inside to like interact, you know, speak up this and that. Um, so in that, that season of, what was it, limited life, I was like, I'm bringing the crystals back and I'm going to do it how I wanted to do it originally was to go to people and sell them crystals like the courage crystal, mm -hmm. Tango's rage crystal. <laughs> and, and so I don't know, I, I'm, I'm rambling, but you could kind of see hopefully through yeah. that some of my thought process of like, I'm not going to script this out in my head, but I want to sell crystals. That's all I want to do. I, that's all I want to do. If, if I, this happens like one time or 10 times, that's fine because it may not work out but you just got to move on to like that that next that next thing yeah that um, essence of of improv is something i struggled with too and, and just getting the idea of like that whole yes and and then trying to like just roll with whatever happens because anytime we went into a session with a quote-unquote plan it was just like out the door out the window immediately because you yeah. never know with a group's that size and everybody's kind of got their own characters to play and, and directions to push and and things like that i mean Skiz, uh, you you were, you know, I was with Ties, you know, so Skiz was in it. And, and how many Discord conversations do we have, like, pre-recording session where it was like, this is what we're doing today, guys. And yeah. then, like, the second we hit record, never mind. Yeah, Chaos yeah. ensues. Yeah, you know? and you just got to go with yeah. it. You know, you got to roll with it. I was, we were talking about 
um, the life series on another podcast. And I was my metaphor for how I approach the life series is like, it's a, a, an uncut bonsai tree. Right. And, and I went back to karate kid when Miyagi's talking to Daniel's son, he's like, the shape is in there. You just have to find it. And I, and that's, I was like, that's why going into, it, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do this. I have no idea what I'm going to do this season. Yeah. I'm going to hit record. And then I'm just going to see what happens and just, and just go with something. And, 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 Things like certain energies end up kind of revealing themselves, right? And in the, in the affirmations, I was like, yeah, this ties directly in with that, you know, our time is limited in real life. You got to take this opportunity and just make sure you tell somebody what's great about it. That's what I'm going to do. That's going to be my shtick or whatever. Yeah. And well, I, we stumble into this group, this ties group, mm -hmm. right? And that was unplanned. Yeah, yeah totally unplanned. And, and next thing we know, like we're a very deadly group, you know, and like yeah. we're, we have, uh, we have a lot of a power and it's a real tight unit and, you never see the stuff coming. It just mm -hmm. happens. You got to go with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is kind of nice to like have in mind like a, a, a role that you want to play um, because what was the first one? Third Life, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to be this kind of like conniving, like try to make every group think that I was with them. But really, I'm just getting a mole gathering information to use to like backstab them later. And uh, and I knew that would turn into something interesting because at some point you're going to get caught, right? And so at that point, that's going to create that chaos. It's going to make nice drama and, yeah. and, and good TV, if you will. Uh, and that was yeah. probably my favorite season because that was like the best idea for a character I've had in the life series so far. Mm -hmm. So I'm already like so jazzed about another season that I'm like, OK, I got to do something like that again. You know, just keep that in mind. And then that that's you know just having that in the back of your head as you're doing this uh, leads to the the improv and the, the role play that, that's going to make good content. Yeah. It's also the the aspect I think we talked about before was like you know cut like stress is the killer of creativity mm -hmm. and like I know like in especially in this current season it took me a long time because I've been under a lot of stress to like get going it felt like like it took like one or two episodes to to really like get my groove whereas in the first season like I was doing pretty well at that point and things were able just to fly like I mean just like the craziness that was that final episode where. I don't know. I asked B-Dubs if he like watches and that's how he survived and you didn't or whatever. <laughs> like it was just the, the, the craziness, but, um, but it, it is interesting how like stress can really play a, a contributing factor in some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the other aspect I thought was interesting was that uh, like you talked to the ties beforehand, the clockers never talked at all until we got in the world when we were recording uh. <laughs> because we just really realized like, like everything we want to try will never work out. So mm -hmm. we just have to kind of, find the path yeah find the path and yeah. also encourage clear the burn down stuff yeah oh. Expectations. oh so all the hate she got for burning down the mansion was a seed that you had planted Is oh that it saying? was many seeds subtly <laughs> planted oh that's fantastic and then you guys became this like weird family and it was this the, the discomfort was so fantastic and how etho was was the uh, the absent father? And when Cleo was like, "If you're gonna," she says to Etho, "If you're gonna be an absent father, could you at least be absent?" <laughs> I just thought that was one of the Cleo that was, was so good line. at that. She is the one-liners, man. She is really good. Yeah, I was so excited to, to team with Cleo because, like, I, we we recorded here or there, but never done like a long-term thing like that. So that was really fun. And obviously, I've done some. We love beatups, but it, it was really fun to finally do something with Cleo, and she was perfect. And, when it came to that role play stuff, we did kind of lean into that, but leaned into it to be as cringy as possible. <laughs> like everybody was in on like the annoying joke, how we felt, or at least we felt that like we felt like, you know, us saying that was kind of like a wink and a nod to the audience. Like, 
Yeah, we're, we're this is cringe. Like we're we're we're, we're all in on this. <laughs> this is so good. So though. the the mispronunciation of the the word clockers is oh, that? Oh, look at his face. Is is that is this a thing that just happens, or are you Come like clean. purposely saying it wrong to be funny, make a joke that's gonna stick? Come on, they 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 always come from like the you know like uh just mispronouncing and then sometimes i'll just do it just to get a rise out of like cleo in yeah. the end but no no like you and Bel- i i called who was it was it alumina i called him like i called him aluminum and i don't know if it showed it showed up in the uh <laughs> like you know, that just happens like yeah. i called it five up fives and then i just rolled with it mm-hmm. like from the start there's a character in star wars and that just happens. Like my my brain is so screwy. <laughs> like it, it it sees things in completely different ways usually than other people. And you know, like yeah, there there's quite a few instances where like there's an incident <laughs> back in MCC with with like the uh, Greens uh, gong. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I, yeah. I didn't intentionally say it at any time. You it's can say just, it. Say you it. can say it. Yeah, on the show. I, I said dong and. I can, and <laughs> And the problem is, is now there's like a neural pathway now where I can't unsay it. And then when he was trying to get me to say it, then I, I was legitimately trying to say, don't put those words in my mouth. And then it got like the words got caught in me like, no, 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 Scar, no, no. And it like came out in the worst possible way. So it was like a combination of me saying it un, un, like ironically and also realizing it at the same time and trying to like catch it and what what did you say? Don't put that dong in my mouth. Is that, is that, is that, is, I'm, I'm actually guessing, but is that what you said? I, I something along those lines. Oh, yes, God. that's great. And yeah, and it's just sometimes I say I will I will speak before I think. Oh yeah, yeah like okay. I did say that the goat in the back banged me, but it it yes. did hit me like it kept <laughs> knocking me off. The yeah. floor. like I was so angry, and to me, I was just like, oh, it just like bang me off, like if you're just gonna yeah. bang on a door or whatever. Like, and then people are like, well, did you? Like, <laughs> when I after I I killed B Dubs, and then he said he said Scar, he's like order us to attack him, and then you said full force, full force. You guys all came after me. Yeah, I run back to my team, and I had one of your moments, big time, dude. To the point where I said it, I didn't even realize it for like a good quarter of a second. And when Tango lost it, I came running up. I said help, 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 and Tango said what's going on? I said the whole family's attacking me, and he said well attack them back, and I just instantly said well I can't beat off four people. And, <laughs> and then he he starts laughing. I realized what it was, and we just uh, his POV is the best one of it. Like I did it, so it cuts right after I say that. Uh, but yeah. like I laugh for like a second, but his POV he leaves in the entire yeah. laughing well, time. Marinate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a Martin clip like that too. I mean, I I didn't even I wasn't even recording at that point. But when it comes to that that stuff, like I I'm I'm now a little bit more on top of it. Like I usually sang it, and at the same time, like. Hey, hey, and then it still just comes out like yeah yeah there's a thing that we call it's like pixar humor right like we're we're still pg content creators in that moment because it's it's like that that's only that humor is only going to get picked up by the adults and that's fine right is the little ones aren't going to be like i know what a (laughs) dong is 
Right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they do. Jeez, oh, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, like I know I'm gonna make those jokes, so sometimes even just leaning into it is funny too. But 99 mm -hmm. of them like come from that part of like coming out, and now nowadays I'm like, hey, it's gone. <laughs> it's out. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, should we pull another question? Yeah. Uh, um. So actually, I kind of I don't. It's not really a question here, but it's one that I just want to dive into. Am I hearing this right, Scar? You used to be like a like competitive swimmer. <laughs> yes, I. Oof. Yeah, I was. Uh, my first competitive swim meet was when I was three years old. Oh wow! I had my my you know like my brother or whatever, and them like they, um, they swam like they they were they you know my brothers they 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 were swimming right, and apparently when I was three like I was like, I I should be with them right. And my parents were like, sure. Like if you if that's what you want to do, you you can do that. And we we were always because we, we grew up in California and there, there's pools around, like like you in Arizona. Like it's I I especially growing up being like a swim instructor, like it's super important to teach your kids how to swim. And so my parents, like early on when we were like babies, all learned how to swim, or at least knew how to enough in that in that stage. And then as we grew up, we we, you know, we we got more like into like swim meets and competitive swimming. And so they were into it. And then when I was three, like I wanted to. And then by four, like I was going off the blocks where like eight-year-olds couldn't even go off the blocks. Wow. And like wow. I was invested. I was invested. Yeah. And so basically from from three years old till 16, I I swam. And in in that amount of time, I got, you know, pretty competitive. But mostly being competitive to me is different than most people. I am extremely competitive with myself, but never competitive with anyone else. Mm -hmm. And so like, I know that yeah. I probably would have been better at swimming if I was more competitive with these like losers next to me. I'm like, but for the most part, like I was always just in my own like bubble and stuff. And you know, when, when I was a swimmer, I was probably on the most uh, <laughs> insane swim team probably there ever was in the United States. Like people are like, Oh, my coach was crazy. You have no idea. My coach he would purposely like put like acid from the pool, like on his pants, to, like new pants to put holes in it. So they didn't look nice. He would, uh, he would ride his bike to, to the practice and he would get out and be like, what'd you all do for the environment today? Ah, cat dog, which was my nickname. He gave me, did you drive here today? Oh, wow. Look at that. This is like nine years old. I'm like, how <laughs> we live 25 miles away. Um, he would have classroom sessions where we, where he would like, you know, talk to us for like two hours before going into the pool about the most insane stories. And, and, uh, I don't know if you could be that coach today, like how he was like, you know, he constantly <laughs> made me cry yeah. and, but he did instill like a lot in me that I've used today, like for like being, you know, sick and stuff. But yeah, being a competitive swimmer means that uh, you get up at four in the morning and you do it, you do a, you do a practice. Um, and then you get to the pool around three, four and you do, you know, you run a miles, you, you do uh, land exercises and then you swim for two, two and a half hours. And you repeat that every day. We, we swam seven days a week. Oh and on God. Saturday it was only one um, practice, but we usually did a 10,000 yard set. So Jeez. that's about three hours. Um, Jeez. <laughs> and this is such a, such an insane team, right? We At the end of that, we're making pancakes. And then he's having us work around the pool, cleaning up, you know, digging out weeds, um, cleaning <laughs> the bathrooms. Um, he even had a little bit of child labor on the side. Uh, his brother <laughs> owned a company. If you guys remember when they first came out with Bluetooth or um, like 
like uh, cell phone, you know, connectors for for laptops. Mm -hmm. And they were little like pucks you like stuck into the USB port and they like flipped up. Well, his his brother didn't sell the actual devices. He sold the devices that went on display at Best Buy. And one day I go there and like half the team is packing these boxes in the classroom. These are all like teenagers and they're all just packing these things. What did they get in return? Bud bucks. Bud bucks were a currency that he made that if you did something good, you got a bud buck and then eventually there'd be a (laughs) raffle and then you could get prizes with the bud bucks. (laughs) And uh, we would also play poker for these things at swim meets. So there was always like a poker ring behind the bleachers where we would be playing black. I was good at blackjack poker, not super great, but uh, we'd be playing that for the bud bucks. So eventually people were like accumulating huge stacks of bud bucks. (laughs) And he would have junk, right? Like Christmas decorations or this or that. And then randomly, he just like throw in blazer tickets, like front row tickets to the blazers. Um, and, then, <laughs> you know, in this in this team, probably the craziest thing was like our Christmas practices. So what that means is that you get there at four in the morning and you swim for an hour and a half, right? Then you get out of the pool, but you don't go home because we have another we have another practice in two hours. So then we, we do that. Then you go home and you come back. So that's three practices in a day. And you do that every single day until New Year's from from school out to New Year's. And it was the most draining mentally and physically thing like I've ever done was like uh, the uh, the 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 Camp Taylor was the name of it. Camp Taylor. And if you didn't do it, if you didn't do it, like we maybe went to see family one year, we, we were like. All the all the other kids were stuck in it would just look at you with disgust. Yeah. Like, how did you get out of this? <laughs> oh <laughs> but at the goodness. end of the day, like we won state, we won we won all the state championships. Kids went to Olympic trials. That's awesome. Um, but uh, unfortunately, when I was sixteen, like I said, you know, I, I got sick, and it pretty much just took me out of it. Right as I was like completely changing as a swimmer, like. I was awful at butterfly, but all of a sudden now, like my wingspan is enormous, and now I'm like crushing people at, at butterfly, and hmm. it was like a like a dream that was like just coming to be, where I was like really like branching out. I was uh, what's the first year in high school? Freshman? Freshman? Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was freshman. I went to state um, in high school, like I made it to state and finals wow. in it, and I broke five minutes and all of that, and then just bam, sick, done. Yeah. Just that whole world just disappeared. And that yeah. was like my whole support, like all my friends, everything. That's just tough. like wiped out by getting sick. But yeah, the stories of, of, of my coach, like, you know, yelling at the rock wall guys because there was a rock wall there. He hated those guys. He would get into arguments with them all the time. Um, he would yell at lifeguards because we were supposed to run everywhere. <laughs> everywhere we went. Yeah. It didn't matter if you're getting out of the pool to go to the bathroom or you're getting there. Once you cross the threshold of the pool, you ran. <laughs> you always and ran the lifeguards are always stopped. the ones yelling at people for running by the pool, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, when the new ones would come, they would they would freak out, yeah. and my coach would be like, "Oh man, <laughs> just point at them yeah. and give them a stink eye." So we see uh, on camera, we see a friend of yours uh, at the door there, meowing, oh, no. uh, wanting out. That's Jelly. I think most people are familiar with yeah. with Jelly. Jelly's almost as famous as you are. In fact, uh, Jelly was added to Minecraft. How, yeah. how did that come about? It was a, there was like a contest, right? It was submit a picture of your cat when they were updating the cats. So they were going from the three cats to a nine and the ninth cat would be someone from the community. And, you know, I looked at Jelly and I thought, that cat, I I got that cat when I, the first year I was sick. And that cat Mm. has sat next to me from beta or alpha Minecraft 
till today, just sitting right next to me playing this game and supporting me beyond any support that, that you know, Jelly has been there for me. And I thought, you know what? That cat's special. Like that cat, that cat has been literally sitting here playing Minecraft with me from alpha till what was that? 2019. Wow. And, and I was like, that there's something special about Jelly and I submitted it. And yeah, she went through like two, two things like submitted it and then she made the finals and then eventually uh one and then jasper the minecraft artist you know i think did a really good representation of jelly and uh jelly for now you know from now on lives in minecraft and mm -hmm. is now hard-coded in the game so if you want jelly you just type j-e-l i just forget how to spell jelly's name <laughs> j-e-l-i-e into the game and you get a you get a jelly spawn wow which so I just hope, like like I said, like when it happened, I was like, I hope that Jelly can give you, you know, the companionship and and take you on the adventures that she has. That's that's right, Jelly. Um, <laughs> that she's done for me, for for you, for you know, for everyone else. And it seems like people love seeing her. And and I think she has a really cool story of like being here from like Minecraft Alpha days all the way till when they added her in in 2019. So mm -hmm. yep, Jelly Jelly's in the game. You can find her as a ninth cat. She's the is the uh, the cutest of them all yeah, yeah. absolutely 100 that is so no cool contest. yeah yeah I, when when it got announced that jelly was actually making it into the game i was just like that is like the coolest thing i i know someone who has like now contributed something to the game a character it's gonna be in their, the game yeah like, and then has such a great story that yeah is so I, cool. I i thought she had a nice story and she's yeah she's a, she's a special cat <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you heard uh, I have a, a cat as well who uh, had a, a little accident this last week. and She's so cute and leg. so sad with her poor oh, leg. Yeah. Little two-year-old Luna, and uh, she's a feisty one. You know, she's still got a lot of kitten in her, and, and uh, mm -hmm. she was wall jumping and uh, oh. didn't didn't make it properly over the gate, got her leg stuck in the gate, and, and unfortunately oh. broke her leg. And then the biggest problem was that she did not want to wear the cast, the splint that they needed her to wear. She kept tearing it off to the point to where the, the doctor was like, I think she's just going to have to have surgery uh, since she refuses to keep this on. Yeah. And uh, we ended up talking to another veterinarian that's like, you know what, I bet I can splint that in a way she won't take it off. And here she is uh, a couple days later, splints still on and, and she hates it. Of course, she drags the thing around like, you know, club dragging behind her. Oh. Uh, but uh, she's she's hanging in there. She'll be just fine. So uh, never, never, never take the first option. <laughs> right? right. Yeah, I know. I was like my wife and I were talking about it and I was like, OK, so surgery, they're going to put these pins. It's pretty invasive. But. You know, if they're saying that's what's going to have to happen because she can't keep the splint on, I guess we don't have a choice. And she's like, you know what? Let's let's try one more thing. And then my wife was always right. You know, let's try one more thing. Let's just talk to somebody else and see what they think. And then now, of course, it's like, yes, that was 100 percent the right decision. We didn't have to put, you know, put her into surgery. So that's a parallel out. to all of our health when we're going to the doctor and the hospital. And that sometimes you, you first get presented with something and you're like, Phew it's never a bad idea to always ask for a second opinion. I mean, even mm -hmm. for jelly, like jelly almost died in 2020. Wow. And they, they told us to say goodbye to her twice. And it was like the hardest thing ever. And, and eventually we found one doctor that was like, that there, there's other stuff we can do. And mm -hmm. now she's, you know, upset that I'm not opening the door for her. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good parallel. Never, never take the first option. Yeah. No, that's great advice. Yeah, we, when we do adopted, uh, Daisy, she got. So I have a, I have five dogs, and uh, my oldest one. When we adopted her a long time ago, she was got very ill in the first forty eight hours, and I remember I took her to the, 
the first doctor and they were like, you're going to want to entertain how close to this dog you're going to get. And she was like kind of a puppy. And I was like, ah, what am I going to do? So we, you know, $1,100 later, I went to a second vet and they're like in the first vet almost convinced me to put her down. I went to a second vet and the second vet was like, she's got kennel cough. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, Whoa, what? <laughs> and I was like, I almost put, I went to another vet and they were encouraging me to put her down. And they're like, no, she's got kennel cough. Oh man. my gosh. I'm like, oh, what is happening right Jeez. now? It's so frustrating. <laughs> What are you gonna do? Skiz yeah, got a whole suit at his house. Yeah, I do have a suit. Yeah, oh, that 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 oh, man. When when doctors or vets do that, that drives me crazy. But you have five dogs. I have five dogs and two cats. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I had three cats, and I did have to say goodbye to one uh, just a, a couple months ago, and and he was he was almost twenty years old, and uh, I had him since he was I, actually he was actually born in my wife's closet uh, when after my like my wife and I were just married and. He was born in her closet and uh, his name was Seymour. And, and I had, he was, he was an outdoor cat. Like he loved to go outdoors, but he was also like, he would come inside and sleep with me at night and stuff, you know, all the time or whatever. So, you know, pet ownership is like, I always say this pet ownership is thousands of the greatest days of your life. And one of the worst. And mm -hmm. we just have to, it's, it's, it's brutal, but yeah, five dogs and it's, it's an absolute zoo. There's a reason everything that <laughs> Impulse and I do has to be over here. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have my dog and my cat, but uh, that's a lot easier than yeah. five dogs and two cats. Yeah. Yeah. That's like going over to my grandma and grandpa's when we were kids. And she, she was a part of a lot of like dog shows and all of that. And she had, I, you know, at times like five and six, four dogs, you know, it's always like, you know, all these dogs and they're just come running. So I, yeah, you can't do too much uh, recording yeah. in that environment. Yeah. But well, I love them. I'm going to transition like a professional. Speaking of pets, Schizzle Man and I did a podcast on pet peeves and one of our listeners and my editor, Nubsy, wants to know, do you have any pet peeves? <laughs> well, I have a list, but most of this list is like arch enemies. So if I like open up the, <laughs> the imaginary scroll. So uh -huh. like at the top of the scroll here, I have snakes. Snakes are, 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 oh. are the absolute worst. But pet peeves on my list here are sunken living rooms. There is mm. literally no point to a sunken living room. And for people who don't know, it's just a room in your house that's now like one and two steps lower than everywhere else. Right, yeah. Jelly? They're the worst. And <laughs> what is the point of that? And if I'm in those environments in those houses, right, I'm just up here and everybody's down there and I'm just like, how's it going down there? Oh like, it is the worst. Uh, and obviously carpet is also a pet peeve, but that's kind of a necessity in some cases because uh, like if you're in a wheelchair, like you're it, you're basically just marooned in quicksand. Like you, you, yeah, you yeah, can't get, get but. Through. My number one pet peeve right now is elevators. Hmm. Like, you know, you're in the elevator, you got the button pushed, and it's like, ho, ho, hold up the doors. And they and get the doors, and then somebody else comes in. And it's like, you could have just waited. Now we're squeezing in. We're all uh -huh. uncomfortable. Everybody's breathing on each other. <laughs> and then another pet peeve I have, these are mostly hospital-related, is that if you go into a parking garage and you have one ticket, you know, machine that'll dispense you a ticket, and there's another one and another one, another one. The first car will go to one and everybody will just follow that car. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's three. We're now backed up into the yeah. street and there's three different ones. And these just giant like boat like cars are yeah. just rolling. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a monkey do yeah. monkey see monkey yeah. do situation there. yeah yeah those are good ones my the Canada, house i grew but, up you know it's fine oh. we, have, we have a strain relationship but that's okay we'll get to that another time no we that's need to get podcast. to that now i was gonna say well I, I did have a house that i grew up in that had that sunken living room so i know exactly what you're talking about and yeah even even you know walking around you could in the night you'd trip on it and stuff and, and hate that for that reason too but <laughs> Canada yeah. hates you, huh? Why are you banned yeah, from Yeah, I know. Scar, let's, let's 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 do some real talk. Why is Scar banned from Canada? Please in, please well, enlighten us. It goes back to when I was 12 years old. <laughs> Went over there. I like that he turns into old prospector. Yeah, 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 every time. <laughs> I destroyed them and took all of their gold medals. Oh, after that. I took, and they were, these were all Canadian medals. They had their maple leaf on them. Uh-huh. And I proudly, you can find it on my Instagram. There's a picture of it. I was wearing all their medals. <laughs> I always joke. And this just started as just like a really random joke. I'm like, hey, they don't let me back after that one. Yeah. And then it just became that Scar was banned because of horrific things. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the things that the audience thinks that I didn't care. I'm like, what did, what do you think? I was a murderer <laughs> yeah. or like a drunken yeah. driver? Like I've never did a drink in my life. Yeah. Like, I think that would do me in, honestly. But no, like I, I came out of that with with at least like three pounds of medals. Wow! Like I, I and I, I, I always just joke that after that they don't let me back in because I, I mm. beat them so badly at swimming. <laughs> but yeah, but but now the internet has turned it into scars banned from Canada and like and it's and, and, it, and like there's so many people that believe it. <laughs> so let's let's continue down that road. There's another myth about you out there on the internet. If I go to famousbirthdays.com, how old are you? Oh, no. <laughs> I got to know. How old is famousbirthdays.com say you are? Do you remember what, what age it is? Um, there, there's two right now. One of them says that I'm, I'm like in my very late 30s and one that says that I'm basically like 48 years old. Right. Yeah. And Jimmy, so Solidarity from the Life Series, Hook, line, and sinker believe that. <laughs> and even Scott was like, you know, Scott looks pretty good for his age, you know? <laughs> Hanging in there, you know, yeah. all things considering, you know? Respectable. <laughs> and, like, I, there's so many people that believe that I am, like, so much older than I am, which is hilarious. And it's, <laughs> I know it, it, I know how it started was, like, somebody emailed me once from, like, maybe Famous Birthdays or somewhere else doing like profiles on whatever. And I never got back to him and I got this email back and this was way back in 2014. They they basically said, without a response, we'll just make up something. It was kind of like, I felt like a little bit of a, like a, like a threat, like, oh, 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 let me give you all this information so you don't just make up something. And I was just like, I, just, I was like on the way to the hospital and I was just like, I got no time. And so, <laughs> yeah, from, from then on, people basically think that I'm like way older. And it's also hilarious. It's the same with the Canada thing, like with Scott, like, he got for his age right <laughs> and like jimmy's like he's that old <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious I 48 hilarious. year old is banned from canada that is the headline <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly but some of the scenarios that people have come up with in like legitimately believe why i why i made up this thing about being banned from canada is hilarious <laughs> I, I encourage it i encourage yeah. you to keep this going oh yeah let it run rampant see what comes out of it why not good stories 
So let me ask you, this is a question from Menace. What, what is your take? Because I know how I feel when I see fan art. What is your take when you see fan art come across of you? I only do this for the fan art. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, like the best part of the life series, I tweeted this out the other day, is the fan art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that. that's what like gives you that extra little push. And fan art really hit me when I had a PO box for a while. Um, when I would like get, you know, drawings and all this stuff from people, I was like, this is so cool. Like somebody's going to take their time after seeing something that I did and, and make a piece of art of it. And to me, that was like super, super special. And I've saved all of that. And even if you tweet me a piece of fan art, believe me, that's in a saved file. That file is like 10 gigabytes at this point. Wow. Yeah. I've saved almost every piece of fan art that I've ever seen. And I just feel like, it, like I'm supposed to, like not only do I want to keep it, but I also feel like I need to like, like, archive it in a way or look back at it in the future or something like that um but yeah no I, I absolutely love all the fan art and it gives us so much inspiration yep and i do have a metric that i tell i tell people there's certain metrics that i can tell if something is successful regardless <clears throat> if it has views or not and if something has a lot of fan art in my eye we did something right yeah because that resonated with somebody so much that they now went off and used their skills and created some beautiful piece of art yep. and uh, to me that that's really special so that's why i always save it because i want <laughs> <laughs> so jelly jelly's jelly. like there's not enough fan art of me yeah we need, we need more fan art of jelly <laughs> just it's just part of the whole it's part of the room it just comes with the whole package oh, yeah. the cat meowing but yeah the, I, I love fan art i could talk about fan art forever but to me the number one gauge of a successful piece of content is did somebody like create something to it? Because that means it resonated mm -hmm. with them, which means that we did something right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it, it amazing when you, when you're, when you're in the moment filming and you just realize you're like, this is going to be fan art. You just, <laughs> and, and other times yeah. not so much. I like, I remember one time that I was like, this is definitely going to be fan art was goes back to when I was uh, in the team best, right? It was mm -hmm. B-dubs, ethos, skiz and tango. And we were like the heroes of the group, right? So our goal was to steal back the enchanting table so the whole server uh, could use it again. And what ended up happening was we like, we just, we went to the person who stole it and we just gave him a bunch of diamonds for it. And so we were talking about what's our comic book cover going to be and B-dubs, just classic B-dubs. He goes, here's our comic book cover. It's just a guy with his checkbook flipped open, asking how much. And in that <laughs> moment, I knew it was going to be fan art. Yeah. And it was. In this last season, I had we had our private you know, Windsor area. And when Etho came, because he had to babysit B-dubs, and I said, have we learned nothing? Oh, yeah. And he's like, I got to babysit, Skiz. I'm sorry. Two separate artists have created fan art of that moment. Yeah, because it was amazing. so funny. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Yeah, fan art is, is special. And like, you know, just like for what Green and I did in the first season, people still make fan art of the Desert Duo. Yeah. And that, that, that's always like super special because I love that, like those episodes we made together. So still seeing people make Desert Duo art, like I've infiltrated uh, the, like the Twitter space where, where those guys have do their art. Mm -hmm. I snuck in and yeah. I'm seeing it because they don't tag us, right? Have you no, they that? do uh, like hashtags. So 
I have an I, I use TweetDeck where you can add these like mm -hmm. columns, and I have a couple columns <laughs> that are like our secret. I want mm -hmm. to see everything that gets hashtag Impulse fan art or Impulse SV even, you know. Mm -hmm. So and and there's a Hermit one, Hermitcraft one as well that I, that I uh, so every day I'm just kind of like looking and seeing, and it shows up, you know. Oh, there's cool fan art. Like I already saw one of uh, your skin from MCC yesterday that we had to do really cool. Uh, like monitor head skins that were done uh, for us and uh, balloon arena. I was gonna send that to I, you. I actually, I, I literally saved it to send that did to you. you. Okay, I saw yeah. it. Yeah, because I'm monitoring yeah. the same hashtags, and so uh, they did such a good job with our skins that somebody already like an artist out there drew Scar's skin because it was so. Yeah. It's just so cool. It was like a the monitor head, but it still had his Scar smirk, so it still had his personal touch on it. And they did such a good job. And you had the eye on there, which was perfect. Yeah, We're all very on brand. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice to uh, to have like like a brand, you know, like you know, just talking about brands real quick. It's 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 not the easiest thing to come up with when you're starting out on YouTube. Like, what? How did you end up like building your brand and, and like what thought process went into even like your YouTube banner? Like, how how did stuff like that come about? Was it was just like a, an art? thing you saw and you're like yeah that's cool and throw it up there or did you actually like conceptualize the whole thing yourself oh boy that's great yeah branding is so hard i've struggled with it from mm -hmm. the very beginning like you know some people have like a really cool iconic um name or they have a really cool iconic logo that's very synonymous with them um for me like i've always struggled with like what is my channel colors like you have very good like branding like yellow and black <laughs> yeah, like simple. that is that yeah. is your thing you have the eye which you can then replicate in minecraft so easy like mm -hmm. i've never really had that type of stuff um, i always wanted like a particular color palette or a logo or something along those lines but um when it came to the the banner itself like i made that myself like Did back you? in like 2013 really well done wow and yeah it was 20 yeah it was 2013 i made I want to get rid of it so bad. Um, and I just thought like, okay, my my name isn't super long. I can put those on the most iconic Minecraft blocks. Mm. And that that's just how that 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 came about. But when when you are starting with YouTube, that is a component branding, colors mm -hmm. and stuff. But never, never I see so many people starting out with YouTube who get super fixated on those on these aspects, like my gear my branding and all of this stuff but at the end of the day it is all about you and the content mm -hmm. that is like 90 maybe 80 percent of what what you should focus on is like what are you bringing like your personality all of that stuff is what you should be focusing on the rest of the stuff the branding the editing the cameras and all that stuff that is that is stuff that for the most part people don't care about think about some of the like the biggest youtubers who just have a webcam in their room mm -hmm. and they get like millions of views because yeah. it's 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 about you even with the people the greatest production value if it was just them with a webcam like people just come to see you like yeah. it's, it's just a different thing so that stuff can be important and it helps further you along but it's not what drives you yeah i think you're I right I, I think uh, when i started youtube i just had the logitech headset with the flip down microphone and that was good enough you know when you're getting started that, that's good yeah. enough you know, I think I, even it, today, Azuma still uses that. You know, I, maybe I think he might have changed recently, but like he was using that for the longest time. So it was um, so it was Doc. You know, like you can get away yeah. with it. You know, like because like you said, it's it's content is king, <clears throat> right? Like like we do our best to have quality. You know, we're always like trying to get the best mics and the best mixing stuff and software and all that. But like at the end of the day, I think um, you know some most of that stuff, unless you're like an audiophile or whatever, you're not even gonna notice. For the most part, they're just gonna. It's, it's more important what's being said and what's being portrayed. 
a lot of time you're just doing it for yourself and at that point <laughs> like you're, yeah. you're doing a lot of that stuff but yeah when i started i basically had um, a playstation bluetooth set you know like the people wore like in their ears that stick <laughs> out that sounded terrible but i found the apple headset was actually pretty good but one of my ears was broken so i just snipped it off and had one ear here and then the microphone there and probably like the first like 10 or 20 of my videos were like that um, and then I then I upgraded to like my PlayStation headset, which I used for a long time. So yeah, just the number one thing if you want to get started is to just get going just with it. Start. Make yeah. stuff and all the other little doodads and things, which are fun. Like I love all this stuff, mm -hmm. like the, the gear. It's a fun aspect of it, but it's not why people come to see you at the end yeah. of the day. Yep. Yeah, we kind of did that with the podcast when we uh, like our first episode. We had no idea what we were doing. None. Like we just said, let's just pull the trigger and see what happens. And like the quality was not great. The cameras we used back then were not great. Uh, the environment we were in wasn't, you know, like all of it. And we're just like, you know what? We'll just we're just gonna go. And then like as we can, we'll improve stuff little by little. And like we still Perfect. do that. Like every single time we get together, we try to improve something a little bit more. You know, that's that's how you do it. You start and then you improve. And it's also fun for the viewers to see. Like you are you know, passionate about it. you are fixing and working towards these things too. So it's fun for them to see like the progression of, of that quality increase. But the number one thing is, like I said, just get started. And cause that's why people are there to see you. Absolutely. If you're, if you're sitting there waiting until everything's perfect, you're going to have a failure to launch. Yeah. You got to just get going and just fix in flight and yeah. just see what you can do and just be at peace with the fact that sometimes you are going to put a lot of energy towards something that goes real. I mean, the, the first episode took me five and a half hours to edit because I didn't know how to edit multicam. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? But I didn't, I wasn't like, it, there was no talk of, well, let me learn how to do this before we record. No, it was hit record and let's go. Yeah. And let's just see what happens. There's also something to be said about like, uh, we really wanted to, to do a good product, even though we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, so when we came up with the idea for the podcast, like Skiz wasn't even thinking about video. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Dude, let's 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 do video. Let's do a video podcast as well. We'll we'll provide the audio only versions, uh, but let's do video because you know YouTube is is also a really big platform for for podcasts. Yeah. Actually, it's, uh, if you look at the numbers, apparently it is actually the biggest for podcasts. You would think Spotify, but actually YouTube is is where most podcasts yeah. are are viewed. So when I told that to him, he's like, you know, it's not just a little bit harder than audio only, right? <laughs> now we got to worry about cameras and, and lighting and the set and all this stuff and, and like what we're wearing. I have to do my hair, yeah. you know, it's like, wow, that's a big deal now. <laughs> so, I'm really glad yeah, we did that, though. I mean, oh yeah, me too. I, yeah. I was yeah. super behind it. I was like, dude, I'm, I, I was like, I'm totally behind you mm -hmm. on this, but this doesn't make it twice as hard. It makes it a thousand times yeah. harder, yeah. but I'm glad we did. Yeah. Yeah. And, gets and your consistency is, is perfect. And that's what, one of the things like my brother and I, we had a Disney podcast and we just did audio. So yeah, it's much easier for us just to get in, do mm. the audio, but yeah, thinking of the background and all that stuff, that's a, that's a big commitment. But the number one thing you guys do is you have, you have chemistry together, you have good topics and you're consistent. Those are like the three things that make a good podcast. And you guys are succeeding on that. Like, crazy so you have a lot to be proud of for that thanks well, thank yeah it hasn't hasn't been easy like Mike uh, has said he's uh he's got a daughter uh, across the country and, and collegiate athlete and so it constantly is going to uh, to watch her games and help her move in and out of college and so uh, we just, you know, days like today, we're going to record three. I mean, we got an extra one out of you. Yeah. So that was, that was cool. Thanks for that. That like <laughs> saves us on having to come up with another topic for, uh, yeah. to record, but that'll help fill the gap. And so we, yeah, I mean, that's one thing that, that, that was super important with, uh, just hitting every 
Friday, you know? Well, you yeah. know, what's interesting is we set our goal for ourselves. So we also did a podcast on goal setting mm -hmm. and, and you have to, you have to set, um, you have to aim low for lack of a better phrase. You have to, your goal should be milestones, not these lofty things, right? Mm -hmm. We can't go to record our first one and say, okay, our goal is to become the best podcast on the planet. You can't do that. So we set realistic goals. And one of our first ones was we will do 20 consecutive Fridays. You realize today, this is episode oh, we doubled that. 40. Oh, we doubled that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. we, we, we felt it. We got to 20. We felt good. Mm -hmm. But this is episode 40. Yeah. Ouch. I can't <laughs> believe that. That's that happened fast. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Neat. It's it's been a ride, you know, and in that it, it was at risk. You know, I mean, there were some times when when like we had to shuffle things up like I had to do a clips yep. version of it because did you get sick or something uh, something some, happened something scheduled. happened yeah but yeah we've we've made it happen and and now this is really cool because uh we're going to get a chance to see like how well this this virtual guest format works and that's going to help open some doors too. So thanks for yeah. being our, our guinea Seriously. pig. I'm the you, guinea pig. You are the guinea pig. You're our first. You know, you saw that we had Tango. You know, he lives just down the street, you know, a few miles. So it was easy for him to come in person. Obviously, yeah. would love to have you here in person, but that's a bit of a journey yeah. uh, for you. So ah. we, we wanted to find a way. We knew that we knew that you were, you know, you like the show. And we thought it'd be great to have you on as a guest. And yeah. so we just found a way. We're like, hey, well, I'm sure we can figure this out virtually. Yeah. And I think it's worked worked out i was thrilled so impulse reached yeah. out to you and and then it's when you said you were in impulse reached back out to me with the with ca capital he's in exclamation point and i'm like this is one <laughs> yeah. of the greatest moments ever no so i was cool. so happy I, I was i was i was I'm like oh i would love to that, that's amazing like i even said at one point i was like i'll fly down there like I, i'd love to be a part of it no this is awesome this has been maybe we'll do that someday yeah. yeah yeah well maybe we'll, we, you know when the show's got a little bigger budget we'll even buy your plane ticket for you man yeah, uh, so, no question. VIP treatment, the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, man. I'm kidding. <laughs> we will get this Murphy bed pulled down for you. You can stay overnight. Yeah, you know, like. yeah. See, I can't believe he just looked at this and he's like, "You got a Murphy bed." I'm like, "Dude, I'm sitting in front of this. I didn't even know yeah. that's what it was." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to. I want to end with one more question. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. This one comes from Menace, and this is going to be like you. You have to be okay with. You might want to think for a second or two because this is like who can actually answer this. But what is your favorite memory since becoming a content creator? And I mean, that's a hard one because you have a billion memories, a lot of ups and downs. But if you had to think of a favorite memory in this entire journey, what might that be? <laughs> Jelly Bios. She's like, you know, me and my me. Minecraft. What are you talking me, about? Me, 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 me. <laughs> oh, man. It's like when somebody asks you, like, hey, what's your favorite uh, animated movie? Or what's your favorite yeah. Star Wars movie? It's mm -hmm. so hard to, like pick out but if i were to like pull a few it would be probably number one would be jelly okay. um you know getting added to minecraft yeah. um joining hermitcraft was was a huge one like i all you know i started in 2011 and i joined in 2016 and 90 percent of that time was just me by myself and joining like this massive community was like absolutely incredible it took me a long time to not feel like I was just going to get like kicked out for being terrible. Like it took years for that. Like the imposter syndrome was very strong. Like even in meetings, right? Like I tried to like talk, my heart would start pounding, but you know, I think I agree. Um, but it, you know, it was the most amazing thing. It just took me a long time to really like find my voice in it, which was awesome and how great all the hermits are. And then, you know, it's, it's meeting, meeting viewers at the events. I think we talked about that in the first podcast and mm -hmm. When you finally like meet 
viewers in person. There's something really, really special that you did c connect with people because we, we we sit in the four walls and you know we stare at our screens and to see something in real life is uh, very special. And on top of that, like sometimes you know it's just a uh, you know, a viewer that's really excited to see you. And then there's sometimes there's there's even like sad stories. So it's kind of like it could be it could be an up and down thing. I think one of the like one of those in particular is probably like the make a wishes we've done. Mm. Those are both really good and really like mentally like hard. Like, you know, you kind of have to get outside your head and like me, why me? Like, but you realize like, no, this is about this is about the make a wish is about them, not about you. you. You be your best self. Like you can you can work out all your imposter syndrome stuff later elsewhere. <laughs> like you have to be like there and, and present. And so those are also pretty, you know, like memorable, like impactful things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and also just finishing a video <laughs> at midnight. Yeah. And, you know, you have like two or three more hours of like editing and uploading. But just finishing <laughs> that, you're like, did it. Yeah, feels good. That's always a it? very oh. like rewarding feeling. Hitting the publish button always feels so good, especially when you know the video is something you poured your heart into, and yeah. you know you know it's good. Like there's been video, there's been times when I hit publish and I was like not proud of what what I was publishing, and I've been trying to be better about like don't let that happen. You know what I mean? Like you know, make what you love and love what you make. Is, is something that I try to think about as I'm creating content. So those moments when you hit publish, uh, it is just, the endorphins just kick in. It is so good. Yeah. yeah. With you. Me feel so proud. You yeah. just feel so proud, you know? Yep. Oh, man. Scar, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This <sighs> has been fantastic. I can't thank you enough. Like, I know that you took a bunch of time out of your day. Um, and, you know, it, we're just so happy no. to, to, to oh, have this was you awesome. And, and you know, before you go, before you go, before you go, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pump your, your guys' tires a little bit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like, I'll take it. Little, little do people like know that like Impulse, Impulse really like stepped up in Hermitcraft to like run the meetings and keep those going inconsistent. And like we, we ramble, like, <laughs> da, 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 da. But Impulse is out there like, like we're, 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 we're sticking to this. We, I can't tell you how great the meetings are with him. Just like, doo, 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 which is great. Also like the hardest working man on content creation, like ever green and I in like season eight, we're like, man, it's been like a week since we got a video out. And then he's like, yeah, but look at impulse over there. Just got back from work. He already streamed and he's working on his next video. <laughs> we're like, what is wrong with us? So, oh, so the hardest working man, and then you skiz. I see you over there. Hmm. I see you over there. <laughs> I said this in the in the, I almost said the experimental area. Well, no, the affirmation area. Yeah, affirmation area. Whenever I hear you talk on the podcast or in the life series, it always always inspires me. You have a way of talking about content creation that reminds me of why I started. Wow. And over time, right. You can get jaded and mm -hmm. you can get frustrated like, oh, YouTube and this and that and all of that. And it can kind of like just make you go through the motions yeah. of like, I'm going to make a video. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, this and that. But like when I hear you talk about content creation, it's like, oh, that's why I love it. Like it's the creative process, the entertainment process. It's all of that. Like I don't know what it is about the way you you package it. But every time I hear you talk about what we do, it's just being like, yeah, that's oh, that's man. what I, that's that's Thank that's you. why I continue to do this. And that's why I love it. So you have a weird way of like inspiring me, and I hopefully I think that also inspires people around you too. 
Wow. And um, I appreciate that. Thank you. 100% agree with Scar on that. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, well we should have ended because it's going to start crying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Before the tears start rolling. Oh, thanks again, man. It's been a pleasure having yeah. you. And it's been uh, an honor. You know, maybe we'll have you back someday and hopefully in person, like we said. I, hey, dude, I, I know see. people in Arizona. I'll come down there, there and uh, we'll, we'll do it in person. It'd be super fun Sounds someday. Good. Yeah, I would love Sounds that. Good. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we'll let you go and you can you can let Jelly out since she's been whining for a while. <laughs> Jelly's just the best. Yeah. Super cute, amazing. All right, Scar, take it easy. Have a good one, man. Thank you, brother. Oh, oh lightsaber oh, out one oh, more it's time. Got the lightsaber. <laughs> oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna go on about Star Wars. We're, no, no, okay. Part three, podcast. just dedicated to talking about Star Wars. I couldn't. All right, hang. We'll, couldn't to, hang. we'll we'll bring that Some up in part time. three. <laughs> I will say this as a as a parting note. I would really like to get Scar and my wife in the same room and listen to the Star Wars talk. Just yeah, nuts. she's a, a Star oh, Wars huge. buff. Okay, huge. She's oh, like she oh, likes to. Read the books and watch all the all the animated series and just keep as connected as possible. She's, mm. it's funny because she's she'll be watching and then I'll come in and and I'm I'm not a Star Wars buff but I like it very very much and I'll be like so what's this guy's problem? She's like ugh, <laughs> she, she, roll, she rolls around. How much time you got? Yeah, yeah. She, she's like I, I just don't have time for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Especially when I hear somebody likes the animated stuff, I'm like, yeah, they Star Wars it. is that's best in animation. Nice. Yeah. yeah, really cool stuff. All right. Well, we will wrap it up. We went. Uh, we went. Well, our normal, our normal time. Our, yeah, we don't have a time limit, but it's. And it. we're not apologizing for going over an hour no, anymore. No, never they again. Seem to, they seem to like the longer yeah. ones anyway. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Catch you next time. See you, buddy. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. See ya. Thank Bye. you.